0: All right, Marcus has agreed to work with you guys for now. Spaulding starts making a list of ingredients he's going to need to transport everyone to Guy Inferno. Matilda held up her end of things, but Paul's last three line chefs are nowhere to be found. Mac is waiting for you, Marcus explains. Caesar assumed you'd take the obvious route of collecting your men and regarded you as the highest priority. Then he was a fool for not bringing my men to his cell block and to not consolidate his forces here. He was worried that if he gathered your line chefs together, they might still be able to try something. Everyone in the know is terrified of the Godfather's pizza, Paul. If the rumors are true, I assume with good reason. I assure you,
1: anything you've heard is merely underselling it. We still haven't had a clear answer exactly what the pizza does, Paul. We've been helping you all this time and haven't once had a straight shot at that. Elvis, it's really such a delightful surprise. You won't be disappointed, but I really don't want to give it all away before it happens. When I tell you my Gaia pizza is everything, you'll see I'm not exaggerating. With any luck, I'll be able to show you within the hour. You know, it's funny. I've been around you a lot longer, and I don't know what the Gaia pizza does either. It's an experience, Lowry. A new paradigm. Once you've been part of the Gaia pizza, there's no going back. It will end all life as we know it, says Marcus. Now don't give it away, but yes, life as we know it. What we know thereafter shall be indelibly altered. We might argue whether it's altered for the better, but in the case of the Flavor Zone, I believe any change would be welcome. So we're just going to apocalyptically change the Flavor Zone forever and take it on faith that that's what we all want. It will permanently make this place unsuitable as a culinary prison, so if nothing else, it would force Inferno to rethink his entire operation. I believe we can agree on that. Well, that's fine. I guess we can, but is there going to be a blast radius? How far back should I stand? There will be time to retreat but you should also leave the area immediately. Exactly how much time? If you were to vaguely describe your doomsday dish as a mission briefing, how long should we be at ground zero and how far away should we run? We probably have a few hours before we're in immediate danger. The zone of threat will encompass the entire known flavor zone and eventually beyond. Nothing will be safe. Wait, if your pizza's gonna destroy everything that far out, how exactly did you survive making it the first time? That's the irony of it, Lowry. I was willing to make the ultimate sacrifice for my art. But as the recipe was completed, Guy Inferno arrived and apprehended us. He attempted to stop my creation, but utterly failed, losing a number of his men, I'm told. Having thus survived, I now see my purpose was fated. I can affect a cosmos. And now that I know a well-prepared dish can carry a person to a new cosmos, I understand the gravity of my destiny. I am meant to make my dish again. To perfect it. What we're going to do is going to be a thing of myth. We are each part of a pantheon.
0: And we merely have yet to realize our potential. Don't get any ideas, Spalding says. I'm going to help you get out of the flavor zone and stop Guy Inferno, but that doesn't mean we're going to work together afterward. Once you take down Inferno, you're on your own. Not to worry, Spalding. You've
1: opened my eyes to the possibilities. That alone is enough to ask of you. How long will it take to prepare our escape? I need about an hour. Then I will give you two. Everyone who's with me, we should get ready to confront Mac. What I propose is this. We'll split into two teams. I will go with my line chefs to meet the rest of my group, and we'll begin the guy of pizza. The rest of you need to keep Mac distracted for only about a minute. It's all the time we'll need to set the
0: process in motion. Matilda says, If that's the case, I'll have Butcher go with you. She knows how to angle a knife to cut through anything. Set a steel bar shouldn't be a problem for her. Much appreciated.
1: Hey, Matilda, I don't suppose you and the rest of your crew are going to team up with us? I've been hearing a lot about Mac, and I'm a little nervous about it.
0: I'll go with you, but the rest of my team, aside from maybe Butcher and Pepper, will stay here and keep an eye on things in case anyone has any ideas and decides to skip out. My crew won't leave me behind. Is that going to be a problem? Marcus shrugs and shakes his head no. Happiness is the feeling that resistance is
1: being overcome. Are you quoting Barney the Dinosaur? What? No, I'm quoting the famous philosopher Lola Montez. Oh, well, in my universe, Barney the Dinosaur is the mascot for a multinational entertainment conglomerate. I'm pretty sure in my universe that quote's from Conan O'Brien, the famous fictional barbarian. You people live in silly universes. Come along, let's go fetch Olive Butcher and the others. In my universe, Conan O'Brien had a brief popularity revival with the show called Conan Coast to Coast, It was a comedy show where he interviewed celebrities and argued
0: with other characters from
1: his comics.
0: You guys head over to the next cell block where your goons are waiting. Paul, your guys have been watching over the weird-looking girl, Pepper. When you arrive, Pepperoni says, Oh, thank goodness you're here. She's making us all so uncomfortable. She keeps eating things off the floor. Matilda explains, Pepper likes to be on the lookout for new kinds of tastes. Since arriving here at the Flavor Zone, her life has been just an endless struggle.
1: Well, buck up, gentlemen, and Pepper. We're about to be out of here. Make sure you have your things. We're going to meet with the others and finally make the pizza.
0: Then off you guys go to the other cell where the injured Olive is staying with the rabbit lady they call Butcher. When you walk in, you see them both sitting unusually close together. And as you get a closer look, you see they're writing things down. When they spot you, they both panic and start trying to hide whatever they were writing. What is going on here? Oh, uh, nothing. Nothing. Just, (laughs) Butcher and I... We both found out we like poetry. Poetry, you say? Give it here, let me read it. Oh, oh, it, it, it's not very good. Yeah, a terrible use of imagery, Butcher agrees. I'll be the judge of that, hand it over. Olive reluctantly hands you one of the pieces of paper. It's not poetry. They were sharing recipes. Good God,
1: man! you, just go are you animals! With you, just you should be
0: ashamed. Look, we thought we might never see each other again, and she knows some really good ones. I mean, look at this. What is this? She does this with paprika, and you're showing this to me. This is the woman's private property.
1: Have some shame. No, I'm sorry. I thought I, I, your I, I, team was a group of adults, Paul. This is just animal behavior right here. We are going to have a talk about boundaries when we have a moment. This this reflects poorly on all of
0: us. Okay, just waving your pride out there. You barely know this woman. Matilda motions to Butcher. Just come over here. Uh, Oh, wait, actually, you're going with them. Uh, Go with Paul. Stay six feet away from Olive.
1: Yes, stay separated. This is embarrassing. We're at the precipice of success, and here you are airing out some of your most private assets. Olive, you stand here. Butcher, you stand over
0: there. Let yourselves not get out of my sight. They stand awkwardly far enough apart to leave room for Jesus, or in this case, their are sous-chefs who are a lot more appalled at the situation than Jesus would normally be.
1: So is that it? Are we going to wave around any more unmentionables, or are we ready? All I need is a few minutes. Once the pizza begins, it will be self-sustaining. Do you understand? Well, how should we go about Mac? Just run at him and slap him in the face? You could do that, or you could try to keep him talking for a few minutes instead. I dare to suspect that might be easier. Easier than slapping him in the face? You've never obviously been trapped in an awkward small talk. Well, you have to keep him entertained for several minutes, so imagine slapping him for several minutes. He won't let you. Well, yeah, usually if you slap someone to get out of small talk, they leave. I mean, they might notify the police, but then you just deny it. And who are they going to believe? The strange man you just slapped, or this kind old woman who had never heard a fly? Well, I'm not asking you to make small talk. You can ask him about the big picture things. We all care about the same thing. We're all trying to escape the flavor zone. Just ask him what he'll do now that Caesar is dead, and... and He's functionally working alone. I'm sure you have a lot to discuss. All right, but if the conversation veers anywhere near towards the weather, I'm just going to. Well, I suppose I've been forewarned, Lowry. Maybe you should be in charge of the conversation. I
0: man, I hate talking to people. All right, fine, Matilda. I I was never really a front-facing kind of chef. The waiters handled the people night. Am
1: I the only one in this group comfortable with having a sane conversation with people? I didn't say I would be uncomfortable. I just want to make sure I got all my backup tools in my pockets, okay? I was on the cover of Chef's Weekly. During the interview, I slapped a reporter. There's a photo of it. Everyone found it charming because I'm an old woman, and can you imagine? Well, then I suppose it's Elva, then. I really only need a few minutes. All right, this practically cannot go wrong. Well, now it's gonna. You shouldn't have said it wasn't gonna go wrong. No, it won't go wrong. No more belly aching or poking holes. It's a simple plan. Just talk to Mac. Uh, how many ways can it fall apart? There's no sense in delay and nothing to gain from waiting. Let's carry out the plan. You're all gonna thank me when I get us out of talking about the weather. That's all I'm gonna say right now up front. Yes, because if we said anything more, we run the risk of losing your interest and getting slapped in our face. That's right, and you're lucky things have been exciting this far.
0: Well, with a bit more bickering along the way, everyone sets off across the prison. In the block where you picked up your people, it seems the chefs are starting to argue over who should run the kitchen. It's getting pretty heated. In the next block, it looks like the guys living with Lafferty have set up a guard checkpoint, or try to make sure that nobody steals their massive trove of sugar. When they see it's you guys, they let you pass. The people inside are arguing about whether they should start harvesting the taffy on the ground first so it doesn't get any dirtier, or if they ought to start with the primo stuff on the ceilings before it falls down. And then, at last, you're at the doors to the cell block where Mac almost certainly has Paul's last three guys. Alright, we're going to pass through those
1: doors and split up. Lowry, Elva, and Matilda make as much commotion as possible. My group will lay low and attempt to find where my line chefs are held. Roger. And if he starts talking about the weather, I slap him. That goes for everyone else here too, okay? Mm. Just keep him occupied for a few minutes. That's all I ask.
0: You guys go in, and at a glance it looks like it's a pretty regular cell block, except you're instantly greeted by a pair of guards on either side who ambush you with ketchup rifles. They point them at you and demand, What's your business? Beans. You stretch out your arms and bury both of these guys in a fire hose spray of beans.
1: Run out towards the courtyard, making a noisy racket. All right, listen up, you cell rats. I'm here to talk to Snack Attack Mac, and I don't mean about the weather. The weather is fine. Have you looked outside? It's fine. That's it. It's been established, so now we can move on. How are your kids? I don't
0: have any. I don't want to talk about your kids. And Paul, I assume that you kind of slink off and try to blend in with the commotion? Yeah, but at some point, try to corner some guy and ask him where Mac is keeping the prisoners. You thrust a guy up against the wall and demand to know where your line shafts are. He points you the way. Elvis, you hear a thump, thump, thump. Then Mac leaps from a third-story balcony, landing with a meteoric crash on the ground floor across the courtyard from you. He walks up and says, I don't recognize you. Really? I know we met. Uh, Although I think at the time I was inhabiting the body
1: of a prison guard, so the impression probably didn't go both ways. Hey Mac,
0: how's it going? Now you I do recognize, Mac says pointing to Lowry. Yeah, I hang
1: out with Paul. It's kind of a big deal these days. It's going to make a pizza that kills us all, I guess.
0: Mac points to Matilda. Don't you work with Caesar? She shrugs and says, There have been a lot of plan changes since the riot started.
1: Yeah, that's actually what we're here about, Mac. I mean, you're a big guy, and from what I understand, you defy a common stereotype, and you're a smart guy, too. Caesar's dead, Mac. You killed him? I would've. But his own guys beat me to it. Spalding came around after the fact. I'm here to tell you to pack your bags because we're getting out of here.
0: Mac leans down. Prove it. Paul, you check around the corner to the cell where your friends are and see the door is being held shut by another prison bar, physically bent around it. There are two guards with rifles hanging around. They look bored. I'd like to take care of this quietly, if possible. Does anyone have any ideas? Pepper, the wiry-looking bunny girl, goes, Oh, I do. She steps out and pulls down her shirt. She points at a guard enthusiastically. Hey! She waves him over and then comes back to you guys behind the corner. She gives you a thumbs up.
1: A devastating gambit.
0: You can hear the guards shouting to each other. You know it's a prison riot. There's like a 60% chance you're going to get shanked. You hear the other guy say, You know I'd gamble on worse odds. Besides, people get lonely. She could just be lonely. Then that guard rounds the corner and comes face to face with your whole mob. Come here. The other guard yells, so what's up? Is it a trap? The other guy goes, no, Mike, shut up. And Mike says, well, then why'd you stop? The first guard says, cause she's she's already completely naked and I'm I'm just stunned by the beauty. He steps around the corner out of sight from his friend. Now drop your gun. He drops his gun. Uh, I don't suppose the girl could still get naked. Pepper goes, okay. She starts taking off her clothes. Hey, I... (laughs) Let's not do that, please. Ah, uh, you're as much as a spoil sport as Matilda, Butcher, the older bunny woman says. Matilda has to remind you not to eat the cotton in your pillow. The girl goes, "Well, this isn't the same as that though, is it?" All right, you guard. Tell your friend to drop his weapon as well. The guard goes back out in the hall and says, "Hey, Mike, could you put your gun down?" Mike goes, "Ah, uh, dang it, Charlie, it was a trap, wasn't it?" Charlie goes, "No. Stop saying I always fall for traps. The girl's, she's a pacifist. She finds it really hot when people lay down their weapons. Pepper goes, tell him to beat his gun into a plowshare. Charlie says, "She, she wants you to beat your gun into a plowshare, Mike. Mike says, well, if I do that, do I get to see your boobs? And Charlie looks at you guys. Lie to him. Yeah. There's a moment of pause and then Mike goes, well... All right. And Charlie says, okay, he put his gun down.
1: All right, everyone leap out. Ha ha,
0: it was a trap. Your friend was stupid. Oh gosh, dang it. I knew it. Charlie, ah. Elvis and Lowry, we cut back to you. So
1: all I'm really saying is the burden of proof should be on you to prove that we didn't kill Caesar. If he's not dead, it should be easy for you to find him and bring his living body right here in front of us.
0: But he's dead, so you can't do it. You are the ones who made the assertion that he was dead. I'm not going to abandon my post for paused lackeys simply on their word that Caesar is dead.
1: Well, look, Mac.
0: What would it take to convince you that Caesar is dead? Even if you were to prove it, that would only make Matilda and Caesar's assassins into traitors, the likes of which I would not stoop to working with.
1: Okay, well, your big problem is that Spalding has agreed to work with the anti-Caesar faction. So if you're intent on still representing Caesar, you're never going to get out of here.
0: If that's the case, bring Spaulding here and have him tell me himself. I oh, can't do that, Chief. He's busy in the kitchen making his recipe to get us out of
1: here. Stay here honoring a dead man or swallow your pride and join us. Those are your two choices.
0: So you may think. But I'm familiar with the concept of a false dilemma. When faced with one, it's important to remember that you can make a third way, a path that you walk yourself. He brushes past you and heads for the door, leaving the cell block. It, what do
1: you mean by that?
0: If you are telling the truth, the traitors are all gathered together awaiting their punishment. The mule to escape this place will be done soon, and the right thing to do will be to kill the traitors, take the food, destroy Spalding so no one else can follow, and then wash my hands of this accursed prison forever. Then he shoves through the doors, and he's on his way.
1: Wow. Fight successfully diverted. All we had to do was give Mac a bigger objective. Paul's gonna be really mad. I feel like that went worse than it already was. Yeah... I guess especially because we're going to get trapped in a giant pile of scalding hot pizza cheese. Well, Paul said he only needed a minute. And if we stop him, maybe he can't set
0: that thing off until we know it's safe. Paul, meanwhile, Butcher approaches the cell where your line chefs are being kept, and with a carefully balanced pull of the knife, rapidly chops the bar holding the door shut into tiny little slices. Butcher, that is a stupendous talent. I see why
1: you're part of Matilda's kitchen staff. Now, gentlemen, my colleagues and trusted companions... We are at last finally reunited. No longer subject to secrecy and skulking around, it's time to return the flavor zone to its primordial state.
0: To make it whole once again. Each of your six line chefs nod solemnly as they get out their various ingredients and begin the recipe. A small fire is started. One produces dough, another sauce. One provides pepperonis Another mushrooms. Olives, chicken, bacon, cheese... Paul provides the various spices and secret ingredients which are known only to him. In no time at all, these pizza makings form into a sphere and begin to levitate over the fire. The crust expands. Stand back.
1: Our work is now done. Now, it's only a
0: matter of time. Elvis and Lowry, you arrive with Matilda close behind you to find Paul stepping away from a small, floating orb of pizza.
1: Ah, Paul. Are we too late? Is this it? Is this what destroys the flavor zone? This little thing? Yes, Lowry. This is an inferior recipe of the Gaia pizza. The closest I've ever come to brushing the face of God. The explanation is rather simple in reality. At some point during my career, I realized that virtually everything could be turned into a pizza. With a proper mix of ingredients, there was really no end to the possibilities. What must be the fundamental reason for this? And then I hit a breakthrough. I realized it wasn't that everything could become a pizza... It was because everything comes from a pizza. Think, what is the earth but a crust with a sauce of water and continental toppings? The galaxy is a disk with the planets and the stars scattered about like cheese and toppings. And what if, moving forward in this knowledge, one created a perfect pizza? A primordial pizza of such stability that it was no different than the day the universe was compressed into a single pizza singularity. The perfect pizza has such a stable, energetic state that everything it touches, from the air we breathe to the ground we walk upon, will be absorbed by the pizza and made one with it, ever-expanding, infinite.
0: As Paul has been talking, the little floating pizza, in fact, has been getting gradually larger and larger. It was about the size of a baseball when you got here, and now it's getting close to the size of a basketball. Now you understand. The Gaia pizza literally is everything.
1: Nothing can stop it now. When I made my first Gaia pizza, Gaia Inferno threw everything he had into stopping it, but ketchup, mustard, relish, horseradish, nothing could neutralize it. Anything he hit it with simply became incorporated into the pizza's structure. Inferno's efforts vindicated my beliefs, demonstrated that the Gaia pizza could not be overpowered. Nothing is above it. Furthermore, he introduced me to the reality of there being numerous dimensions— I'd believe the Gaia pizza was a one-way ticket, and we were willing to sacrifice ourselves to say we recreated the fundamental building block of the universe. But now that I know there are different dimensions, I know there can be new Gaia pizzas, varieties, and unique flavors. I have learned that there are recipes that can extend one's life indefinitely, Elva, and I need only a few ingredients, which from Lowry, we've learned, can be reproduced endlessly with only a scant investment. Would these other dimensions not understand how this beauty has come to be? Has this not unlocked a new paradigm for all of existence? Will the people not attribute this work as having been done by a deity in their failure to understand it? My friends, when I say our purpose is divine, I say so having seen the true light of divinity. We are the chosen ones, thrust by the strands of fate to a unique position which we would not have had if not for the Flavor Zone. We will leave this place now, overcome Guy Inferno, and establish for ourselves a Mount Olympus, where our mastery of the flavor lore will grant us agency over all known existence. What you see here seems as small and harmless as a strand of DNA. And just like the genetic code, it contains so much more information than you might possibly assume. Wow. All right, that was a big speech, but... I appreciate you finally telling me about the Gaia Pizza, what it is. Slight problem about the escaping, though. Ah, yes. Well, we should make haste. The pizza will grow in size with increasing speed, and there will be no safe place soon. Yeah. Uh, First, we're going to have to catch up to Mac, though. Good news. We didn't fight him. There was no slapping. Yeah, we avoided the physical confrontation stuff. Bad news. He's going back to the kitchen to kill Spaulding and steal all of our food. Yeah, and that part we think is pretty bad. He's what? And you just let me stand here monologuing about my pizza? He seemed really into it. And the curiosity about it was killing me. I really wanted to know. Yeah, you've been building up to this all day. Well, it will be for nothing! Run, now! Let us make haste!
0: Mason, I run ahead. Everyone follows along. Behind you, the pizza continues expanding, already reaching about the size of a beach ball. It makes contact with the floor, which simply melts away into the pizza. You're on the move, but Mac definitely has a pretty good head start at this point.